Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Monday, you will be joining me, Eric Fung, and SG Budget Big Dawn on our weekly segment, Wise and Shine, where we leverage on the latest quirky happenings out there on the internet to answer many of your burning social and personal development questions. Yes, we all sick and tired of talking about money, so welcome back to Wise and Shine. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So I save a lot compared to my other friend who every single month immediately had to put aside $800 of her pay mm. for one room. Wow, 800 No, this number does not exist anymore <laughs> in the rental Yeah, not seen anymore. Right? Like, yeah, no, right? no, more, more. no more. No more. Now even no one room, not no, 800 No, not, not 800 property is sus. Right? Confirms <laughs> about some Scam. weird situation Scam. here. Don't anyhow, don't anyhow. <laughs> Welcome back to Wise and Shine. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. And I'm Don, SG Budget Babe. Hi, guys. So, my name is Lewis. I'm, I'm the uh, MP for Sengkang GRC from the Workers' Party. Mm-hmm. So, what's the difference between you and Lewis? Um, Mm, surname <laughs> important question <laughs> outside person don't laugh right? <laughs> okay mm. but but come maybe you share with us a little bit more about yourself you know like other than you're an MP like duh we see you every parliament yeah mm. yeah so I, I guess a little bit about myself uh, so again uh, you, you would know that I'm from the workers party but at the same time uh, I'm also an equity analyst with one of the investment banks uh, so that's why I also do on top of my parliamentary duties um, so very happy to be here on the financial coconut since um, it really touches on financial literacy and all things finance which is something which I'm quite close to my heart and um, I think it's something which I believe is very important for all of us uh, you know finance non-finance people you know politicians non-politicians to have a better understanding of uh, just so that uh, you know we have a better grasp of our own sort of um, financial situation and, and all so we're going to our main topic for today and uh, the main discussion for today is about should millennials have a rental mindset okay or a rental mindset right because i think anchoring our society i mean recently there's been a lot of talk about property home ownership i mean it's always been a lot of talk but recently more talk mm-hmm. right and it feels like we are afraid to talk about like the rental mindset, right? Or like, should we essentially build a system where more people in our society just take on the rental ideas, right? And just rent, right? Why do you need to own? Why is home ownership such a big thing in our society? And yeah, so today, essentially, we're going to talk about should millennials have a rental mindset? Yeah, so anybody on the ground, right? You want to share your thoughts, you know, like... I must disclaim first, I have never rented. Mm-hmm. Except when I was living on uh, overseas on exchange. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for me to put myself into that situation. Um, but my sibling did rent. Um, essentially, my view of it is that if you can live with your parents, I would rather give my parents the rent money than to give it to another landlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I've never rented outside. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And very filial, very good. Give <laughs> <laughs> money also, also la, right? You, okay? my, my parents very and landlord will likely also be a bit more forgiving if I cannot <laughs> pay ma, huh? <laughs> and cannot chase me out. <laughs> Very hard. They, they really bad with you for 30 years. Very hard, mm. very hard to chase out. Yes, yes. Mm. But mm. yeah, what about you? What do you think? Should, should Singaporeans have a renter's mindset? Or mm. develop a renter's mindset? I would say that there are two main sort of issues that I want to touch on. One is, of course, is that um, rental mindset on one hand, if you think about it in another way, um, a lot of people call it the sharing economy, right? Mm. So these uh, things didn't really exist, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, or at least it wasn't in this kind of form. You know, in the past, uh, you, you you had uh, you know, officers being officers, and then now you have co-working officers, you know, kind of sharing officers with strangers, with people from a different company. Uh, for the longest time, you know, you have taxis, public transport, you have private cars. Next thing you know, you got, you know, car sharing, you got the likes of uh, Uber, Grab and all of that. Um, I think that the, you know, and even right now we have a co-living, um, you know, where previously the whole concept of staying with strangers was just like a very big, uh, you, you wouldn't have even imagined it to be possible, right? Sharing a place with strangers that you have never even met before, not even your friends, or at least not until you move in together. Um, so I think this whole concept of the sharing economy uh, is something that is taking hold not just within, let's say, millennials or the younger people, but broadly, I think it is kind of uh, changing the way a lot of corporates work as well. But I would also want to kind of take a little, uh, put a little twist to, to your question, right? Because while we talk about the rental mindset, I think something which we perhaps may need to guard against is basically the whole rentier economy model. Mm. Slight, you know, differences in just a couple of letters, but rental, rentier. I think the challenge then is that um, the, again, this may not apply to everyone, but uh, there are some people who just want to own an investment property and collect rent and then, you know, live for the rest of uh, your life happily ever after. Uh, the, the, the kind of... Um, uh, need or want to basically collect rent and to just earn passive income. I mean, of course, that that's um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that per that's se. That's the whole basis of the show, there. I know. No, no, no. <laughs> Personal finance, I know. You know, like, like, <laughs> and I, I don't dispute that. Uh, you know, we need to supplement our, our, you know, have, have uh, invest for the future and all of that. But if it becomes, uh, a, a, you know, something which uh, dominates the kind of uh, way that our economy functions, whereby everyone just wants to collect rent, then you know, you, you kind of take away the entrepreneurial um, kind of uh, zest, uh, the the kind of uh, drive to kind of uh, you know push forward and, and create new things and rather invest in, in businesses, companies, uh, you know, entrepreneurs rather than just, oh, I'll just sit there and collect rent and leave mm-hmm. copy all the time. I think the other thing to add is that this aspiration is more predominant in our era hmm. than it was previously. So you mean like the rent, rentier the collect, oh. collect rent one uh, collect rent and live off because I mean if you look at our oh, grandparents movie, right? yeah, <laughs> <continue>. <laughs> so if you look at our grandparents era right hmm. like not every grandparent has such a property hmm. but we by now because you know family shrink and then connections also become more complicated you know me I know you and I know of you social media and all so we kind of now get more exposure to someone whose grandparent has achieved such a concept and hence we aspire you're young right you don't know reality so you have very big dreams and we all start to aspire wow sounds very good stay home shake leg collect rent <laughs> and leave, it, leave off it but the problem is when everyone and or more people start wanting it 
and they start acting on it, it just drives property prices up. And mm. that's exactly what's happening with all the private houses now, isn't it? All the mm. prices. Look at all the per square feet. Last time people used to say 1K plus very expensive. <laughs> hey, now 2K, 3K. Yeah. And now a you lot see of the one this, in price, hey, I'm paying you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but a lot of it, the statistics also show that these are people who are trying to buy a second home. That's why ABSD was introduced, right? Mm. To try and stem these. You can stem, but you cannot stop. So, but the reality is a lot of people, they are owning second homes. So, want to stay, want to rent. Mm. And this idea has become so popular that more people are now aspiring to it. So, the more it's like a high demand, but Singapore land size is so limited, limited supply. Hence, that's why demand supply shift, prices move up. Yeah, and but, then we're all being priced out. Yeah, yeah. But but okay, to be to be clear, not that I'm a rentier. I'm not Pao Chu Kong, right? But, <laughs> but just... I think people are just maximizing their own interest, right? Mm. You know, when the mm-hmm. market is is structured in this way, you know, where entrepreneurship is very difficult because market is small, you know, it's it's very developed. Like in Singapore, you want to participate in entrepreneurship, right? The 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 benchmark that comes in is, is crazy one. Immediately you want to come in, it's quite wild, right? And then there's a lot of pockets of smaller entrepreneurship that is like very licensed and very regulated. So it's very hard. And um, yeah, and you make decent income. Let's just put your money in the property market. It's <laughs> a natural, you know, behavior, right? Based on the structure of how it's set up. Don't you, don't you think so? So I guess we also need to um, kind of uh, re- rethink the whole housing um, kind of equation. Again, not, not to borrow a phrase from another country, but um, you know, it said that uh, houses are for living in, not for speculation. And I think to a certain extent... I think I know which country this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you all can go and Google. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so to a certain extent, if you look at the, the ABSD regime and all that the government has put in place, that has in a way helped to taper some of these excessive investments, speculative demand. I think just two months ago or something like that um, they introduced a fresh round of uh, property cooling measures especially the the ABSE on foreigners I think that's a very scary amount uh. but what's even more scary of course is that there are still people willing to pay that amount but that's mm. a story for another day mm. um, so uh, I, I mean yes I do recognize that there are basically things which are put in place to kind of curb um, unnecessary speculative demand but I also recognize that actually uh, in terms of the underlying demand from Singaporeans from locals who actually want to have a home that is actually quite real and that to a certain extent is also part of that um, uh, you know demand push when it comes to property prices and all I would say culturally wise it's also quite different so like when I was in the US right a lot of my friends uh, they're okay with still renting even when they uh, have a family so they will raise their kids in rented houses mm. um, and then I, I got asked and I say you're not scared one day if let's say you and your landlord fall out then they chase you but now it's not just you it's your kids also it's very difficult to <laughs> move <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't um that culture is still okay mm. in the Western world. Whereas here in Singapore, we tend to have more of these fears. Yeah, you don't really see families or as many families renting and raising their kids under rented roofs. Yeah, that's the genesis of today's episode. Yeah. Like, why mm. why is home ownership a we're must? Being, we're being mm. cold right. and given that narrative for so long yeah, that you should, yeah, yeah, you should yeah. be able because, to own a home in yes, Singapore. Because I, 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 I am a renter, right? Essentially, I have rented apartments. And um, I think I think there is something that you cannot discount is that once you shift out of your home, right? That means you, you grew up with your parents, right? You're in your 20s or even 30s, right? You're waiting for a BTO or for whatever reason. And then you shift out, you, you rent, right? It, it actually gives you uh, X amount of space that you've never used before. 
you've never worked before in such a space, right? Because when you live with the fam, you know, provided you live in a stereotypical Singapore home, lah, right? Then you probably have one room, your sibling one room and blah, 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 right? So at best, you have a room. If you are very lucky, maybe you have half a study room, let's say, right? And, and that is your own space. Everywhere else is more or less shared spaces, right? And and so when I shifted into a whole apartment with like three rooms right, or like two rooms, right, I was like, uh, what to do? Also, I must check my privilege now. Yeah. 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 I think also during the pandemic, we realized a lot of the millennials who were working from home, they mm. needed the space, right? Yes. So they go out and they rent rooms. They yes. don't have the extra space. Yes. Room. So literally, their size shrink, you know? Yes. Uh, yes. So yes. cannot compare. Fair, fair. Check your privilege. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair. I check my privilege, but, but, I think the the idea I'm pushing is that when you, you know, uh, have your own space without owning it, right? You you can you can actually benefit from that growth, mm. as compared to while you you camp, you know, you camp at your parents' place for another five years, you tong, and then you hope that you you get a BTO and then you get it quick, right? And then as fast as possible, lah. I mean, you still got wait five years. Well, during these five years, of course, if you stay at your parents' place. Financially, you're optimized, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not, pay, you're not paying rent, you know, you pay a fraction for whatever reason, right? But if you go out there, you spend that amount, actually in that five years, you can compound your personal growth, you know, that, that if I want to arguably put a financial model to it, I think I can, mm-hmm. right? Like just based on the amount of uh, hangouts that I can bring people back home, the amount of people that I meet, the kind of personal growth that I have, you know, by the time... I think in two or three years' time, I grow as a person. I grow as someone that can do more than just, you know, process work, right? Like, mm. like it's, it's more... And, and the element of growth is totally not factored into the measurement of like, should you rent or mm. should you like wait to get a house? You, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I like the way you put it. Compound your, your personal growth. I think that's something which is quite intangible and I think most people don't realize until they, they do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the uh, you, you can also bring the argument further. Oh, but uh, you can also have that kind of uh, growth if you buy a place of your own. But of course, uh, that's another matter. But I think over the last couple of years with COVID, I think because of uh, you know the need to work from home, imagine if um, you know your, your parents are still working, like you and your siblings are also working, you have more people trying to do a Zoom call at the same time. <laughs> that's going to be quite chaotic. And I, I kind of, uh, me, me and my wife, uh, we were kind of having that situation during the lockdowns where we we're having meetings. And then we got the, our, our, back then our elder son was our only child. And then, uh, you know, he was sort of like crying. And then you got all sorts of distractions all over the place. I think that really prompted a lot of people to, you know what, uh, I really need to be able to work from home properly. And I think that is also what kind of, uh, something interesting which I read also from one of the co-living players is that previously the co-living tenant mix-up mix is really expats. Mm. You know, whether you got uh, expat workers or you have, uh, you know, students who are on exchange here or doing their masters here in Singapore, whatever, right? Just foreigners. But I think... um, during the pandemic, basically they see a very big proportion of locals actually renting from them in some of, some of these co-living places. You have people renting a room and you also have families who well, BTO delay or for whatever reason have no choice but to uh, rent somewhere. Mm. And I think that it's something which uh, gave uh, part of our uh, fellow Singaporeans a kind of glimpse of eh, actually renting is not uh, that uh, not that bad, not, not that bad, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Not yeah. as scary as, as what people always yeah. thought it to no, be. No, and 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 I think I mean you were you were saying like oh you 
you, the the natural push is that oh you can also get the same benefit if you own the property right of course right yeah. as long as you have your own space you expand your own space I cannot afford yeah so 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 that's the dichotomy right like like if you want to be in Singapore then you gotta fit the you know heterosexual normative you know have a kid you know blah 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 settle oh, down do a BTO or oh, even mm. 35 if not you can only climb the other ladder which is like you know maybe two three x deeper mm. you know which is the private property market. Mm. Right and 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 it's it's like you saying like oh you have a choice but you don't have a choice right, right? Mm. but but that's a that's a very yeah, that's why yeah. I asked the government to bring down the BTO age for singles who's twenty eight yeah sell Koyo a bit sell Koyo never send invoice ah. okay yeah. <laughs> wait wait so the your party's position is twenty eight years old right and yeah. not thirty five right yeah so is so there a reason why twenty eight I mean, there's no magic number to it, but definitely uh, we, we do feel that it has to come down uh, rather than 35. I think, the again, this is what my, uh, I'm guessing is that um, they probably assume that uh, you know by 35, if you cannot get married, then too bad for you. Okay, I'll let you buy a house. I mean, <laughs> of course, that's uh, one school of thought. But actually, if you think about the benefits of having a place of your own, whether it's for singles or for families or whatever, right? Um, if you bring down the BTO age to 28, Actually, at that point in time, most people would have already been working in the workforce for a number of years. Um, and if you look at the, 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 the situation as it is today, if people are sort of getting married at 30 or so, and then let's say you get a BTO flat, you still got to wait for about five years or whatever it is, um, you know, which means to say that for, for let's say if you're talking about families, uh, you're going to be staying with your parents for until you're, I don't know, yeah, don't know how old. Like Shaq. Yeah, or and and at the same time, I think a lot of um for for the various reasons we should, we talked about whether it's work from home or just wanting a space of your own for your own personal development, etc. Uh, you know, arguably having a lowering the BTO age to 28 uh, at a time where you would already have uh, you know worked for a couple of years had already led pretty much independent economic uh, independent lives economically uh, and probably you know you, you you enable more people to basically have a place that they can call home mm. um, you know if, if the home ownership model is what we want to have in Singapore la. yeah and, and I would argue that you know if you bring it down to 28 right that means more singles can get a house you know, then uh, the TFR will go up. <laughs> yeah. Cheaper, uh, no need to have sex at the hotel, right? You bring home, you're going to have like, woohoo, a lot of great time, right? It's true, if you monetize, you know, extra space, then, I mean, okay, okay. May or may not, a lot yeah, of assumptions. May, may, may or may not, may or may not, okay? But my, my push, okay? I mean, social science is a bit hard to, uh, okay, actually may not be, right? Because the pandemic should have collected enough data to show mm. that if you have your own place and everybody is at home for more time, then uh, <laughs> birth rate goes up, right? So maybe, maybe, you know, letting young people have a house earlier could, could solve, could yeah. solve yeah. that. But right? I think this whole random thing, um, the pandemic started to shift that because more people realise they cannot stay with their family. Mm especially when it's locked down so extended period of time um and always oh, very disruptive so there are more there were more millennials who were willing to pay mm. and rent outside the pain Whereas, is more now right so yeah. the price to attach to that pain can be higher correct correct yeah. the pain is more so they're more willing to pay that price mm. tag whereas before the pandemic it was mostly like oh you don't have a place you have no option that's why mm. you rent or you mm. and your family got problem that's what you meant. So there was a more negative connotation as well as financially because when we talk about being financially prudent, paying rent is a very big portion yeah, of expenses. It is, it is, and if you can is. don't pay that by living with your parents, you get to save more, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I save so much as a 
yeah, as yes. a young working adult in my first few years yes. uh, because yes. I had I didn't have to pay rent. The only expense I had to incur was like my parents' allowance and all my bills. Yeah. So I saved a lot compared to my other friend who every single month immediately had to put aside $800 of her mm. pay for one room. Well, 800 no, This number does not exist anymore <laughs> in the rental Yeah, not seen case. anymore. Right? Like 800, yeah, no, right? more, no more. No more. Now even no more. one room, not no, 800. Not, not 800 property is sus. Right, confirms about some weird situation Scam. here. Scam. Don't anyhow, don't anyhow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think there's no dispute on the financial ground that if you rent, of course you're gonna be paying more. Yeah. Right, and and that excludes all the other maintenance and weird things that you have to pay depending on the agreement with your landlord, right? And this thing spoil that thing, then you know you got to spend time to wash your own clothes, everything like right. So, so the whole thing adds up. You take on the whole package, right, of living on your own, right? Which actually sometimes I feel like collective living has that benefit, right? Mm. Whether, whether is it at home or with friends or like broader family or, or whatever. Mm. Right? So so that one I think undisputable. Right. But it's it's more on like the kind of mindset that we have mm. as uh as a generation, as a population mm. and and all that, right? So and I do feel that this renters mindset is becoming more popular, not mm. just because of the not just because of all these things, you know, that are happening, but also because the property market is getting too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> that, mm. that all the like, factors coming together. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so expensive. I cannot afford uh, Let me just rent, like you, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's starting to be normalized also, right? Actually, rents are very expensive now. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's up like 30, 40 percent yeah HDB yeah. rents have gone up the most mm. not even condo rents it's, HDB rents have crazy, really really crazy. gone up yeah, yeah. but I think also because like the young they tend to be very vocal and open about sharing on social media mm. about their lives right so you also see more people coming out to say yes I rent and then that the sort of normalizes mm. the whole thing so the negative stigma that used to be associated with renting in Asian culture not so much anymore. Hmm. And, I, and I think there are some benefits to it. Lah, mm. right, right. But but I, I want to ask you, <laughs> you know, you were in parliament talking about this, right? About mm. how like property prices are, are expensive and all that, right? And that's your party's position, lah, right? And it's also, you made a speech around it. And then I cannot remember who from the other side, PAP came in and said that, but you wrote a paper, right? About how like Singapore's property market is considered viable. As an investor, as an investment uh, property, right? So and then and then y'all had the back and forth, back and forth. Then I also <laughs> like what you're saying, right? So so and then of course, you know, there's a whole spiel around like how people are saying like your narrative is not consistent, right? So I want to give you the platform, mm. you know, to talk about it. You know, <laughs> yes, yes. So so is it affordable or not? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. So I think that the, the most important thing to, to note, of course, is that um, in, in whether it is in my um, role as an MP or in my private, private um, kind of capacity as an analyst uh, analyzing the housing market, I think the key conclusion there is very much consistent in that um, what I have been calling for is really to address the demand supply imbalance. And that to me is actually the crux of, of a lot of the issues that we are seeing in the in housing markets, both the private uh, residential market as well as the uh, public HDB housing market. I think that really is the, the issue 
issue at hand, the demand supply imbalance, which I think is consistent in, in all that I've said in, in various forums. And I think this is something which, um, you know, uh, if you look at the demand side of equation, yes, potentially there are some people who are, we, we talked earlier about, you know, speculative buying, investment demand and all of that. But I do believe that actually the underlying demand from, from whether it's locals or foreigners or whoever is living here in Singapore, that is very real. Um, and I think that is something which, um, you know, for for the younger generation, millennials, we have this trend of more people wanting to move out. Uh, actually, if you go to the um, the Singstat data, you'll see that actually there are a lot more of the uh, one-person household, two-person household. So it's very, very real in terms of, um, you know, if, if, if I just give you a scenario whereby, let's say you have uh, 10 houses in, 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 a, in a country, hypothetically, and then you have, uh, you know, 20 people uh, living there and uh, each house has two people. Everyone lives happily ever after you know each house got two people uh, okay enough but next thing you know hey you know what actually I don't like that person I don't want to stay with him then uh, everybody wants to stay by themselves then all of a sudden you need 20 houses then if you have, only have 10 then not enough then prices can only go one way la. Mm, mm. so I think to a certain extent I mean that's of course an oversimplification but uh, you know probably uh, if you know that demand is actually pretty strong and uh, here's another interesting tidbit if you think about the I mean forget the private market if you think of the number of citizen marriages citizen marriages means marriages involving Singaporeans and you look at it over the last 10 years and you think about the number of HDB BTO launches again over the last 10 years I can't remember what's the number la. but uh, you'll find that actually the number of marriages is more than the number of BTO launches so forget about singles, you know, forget about foreigners. Just for the people who are getting married, uh, you assume that they want a place of their own, right? The number of BTO launches is actually less than the number of citizen marriages. Mm. Yeah, you know, and, and I think on the supply side of the equation, uh, yes, uh, there has more HDB BTO launches um, for this year and last year. And you would have heard of this 100,000 magic number, right? 2021 to 2025, 100,000 new BTO launches. I mean, that's great. Uh, but it also implies that uh, if this year, last year and this year, you got about 23,000 units, uh, it will also imply that in the next two years, the number of BTO launches will come down quite uh, sizably to about 18K or so. So then after that, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what number they have in mind. But uh, my point here is that if you look at the average of about 20,000 units on average, 2021 to 2025, uh, that is actually even lower than when, I think back in I think, between 2011, 2012, when uh, Minister Corbun Wan was MND minister, I think he, he actually ramped up supply much harder. Um, so my, long story short, I do believe that regardless of what it is, if we recognize that the demand demand has changed, demand has increased, then we should actually ramp up more on the supply side mm. to curtail the whole rents, price, etc. But but you uh, you went on a whole spiel, but you still haven't tell me <laughs> whether you think <laughs> it's, it's affordable or, or, not. or not in your in your view, you know, because I think the contention is in your personal in your uh, professional capacity, you are maybe writing for another group. Right, whereas as an MP, I think you're you're talking to like the mass, right? And I think to a lot of people on the ground, it's not very affordable. Mm. What I'm hearing right. is that you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but basically what I've heard is for people who need and want a house for living, it's not very affordable anymore because demand has outpaced supply. But for investors, it's still affordable because in your professional capacity, when you look at the U and everything, it's still a decent return on investment. Is hmm. that the correct 
Uh, or what is this? your position? Yeah. So I would say that if you look at the, from the investor investment point of view, you when you invest in something, you want the price to go up, right? And from that perspective, given the whole demand supply equation, my, my call is that look, um, that prices can only go one way. And so that would make sense as an investment per se. Yeah. But from a national interest standpoint, if you think about affordability and you know ensuring that we all have a place which we can call home, then can we make it more affordable? The answer is definitely yes. And should we push out more supply to meet the needs of, of demand from, from Singaporeans today? The answer is definitely yes as well. Mm. Okay, mm. fair. And but your colleagues on the other on, on the other side of the aisle also <laughs> agrees, right? They also want to push out more supply, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, like so must like, you a bit so must <laughs> 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 you need, need some more yeah, need some no, more. Give, give us more right yeah, yeah. I want to share anecdotal okay. um, observation I realize like you know if I just look at my family's my grandparents and then my husband's grandparents side right so when they had family and they, they are from the era where they got a lot of kids one you know mm. like 8, 9, 10 kind and back then when those kids got married and had their own kids they all live in the same household so it was all like, oh, so my husband grew up with his grandmother. Mm. Yeah. And not like in his own house with his parents and just nucle- nuclear unit, you know. It's really with the extended family. And then he didn't know his siblings, because he's the only child, are his cousins. Same room, same household. One dining, uh, the three-room flat, not very big, but 12 people sleep. And that's how it was. It was mm. the same for my mom's era. I mean, not obviously for my mom's side, it's a bit different. Not all of them uh, shared the same. Some moved out because the age gap was bigger. But you still have that. Whereas today, the situation is different. You get married only, you want your own space, privacy, mm. like honeymoon period. Mm. Don't come and disturb us. So we don't yeah. need to lock the door. We need to contribute <laughs> to fertility rates. Yeah, yeah, but then like, but the supply has not gone up by that much. Mm. So the the on-ground expectations have shifted a lot. Um, and yet the supply is, like what you said, has yet to keep up. And on top of that, we're also now starting to see millennials want their own space much sooner and earlier. So now it's shifted from Last time, many families under one roof. Now it's one family, one roof. Mm. Haven't even met that new demand yet, right? Now it becomes singles also want their own roof. Yes, so, single also one. Thank you. Yeah, so no <laughs> yes. wonder that if you can reduce, you got my now. vote. Uh, just saying, right? Okay? Yeah. <laughs> but it's very hard, right? Uh, so that's uh. the how fast can they build to keep up also. Mm-hmm. it's such a difficult question to solve but that's at least what I observe anecdotally and why when I look at housing prices I can understand why they're moving up so much even though I don't understand why people uh, are willing to pay for $1 million HDB mm-hmm. I'm like why not go private but okay mm-hmm. I guess everyone puts a different price tag on what they get out of a certain space okay. but having said that there are still affordable houses in the market like where? for living if you are more if you're willing to compromise I think the problem is that a lot of our generation don't want to compromise. So we want to tick off many boxes at the same time, but yet pay a low price. Where? Okay, so example. <laughs> so I mean, to be fa- sorry. Okay, I don't mean it in a derogatory mm. way. I was telling my HDB friends, you know, great job. Because to me, that is like very foresight, lah, right? The whole like no car, you know, very green. And I thought, hey, that's quite cool, quite trendy, what, right? And to announce tengah, that means they were like, what? Maybe a decade earlier in planning, they already thought about it this way, right? So to me, it's quite trendy. Although, although people like, yeah. always... Pongo different. Pongo. <laughs> hey, last time Pongo 
Pongo development Pongo also no more You know And then the, the MRT and all Also not so soon mm. So if you live in Pongo Have a car Is the best way mm. For you to get to work And all But now Pongo Is so well connected mm. With LRT and MRT So I think if People are willing To go for Non-mature estates Not so near MRT Basically just deal With some pain lah, mm. Right Or even go for like Resale Maybe a bit nearer But then uh, So you have the space Because resale flats Are generally bigger But your lease short law Then mm. you live with the risk That if you You know Live past A certain age Maybe mm. you know more house <laughs> taken back already Although yeah, we haven't Started seeing yet Got lease buyback Got lease buyback scheme uh, Got lease buyback scheme I don't know But yeah, that, yeah. that's our situation mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we couldn't afford uh, we, we couldn't wait for a BTO because the time was too long. We mm. didn't have the foresight of thinking, hey, I should BTO first, then propose. <laughs> we never follow. We propose, get married, and we then, oh, now what? Not more romantic <laughs> like that. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a bit late. Now I never follow the Singapore popular narrative. So yeah. we didn't have the time. And then, we only started house shopping after my kid come out. Mm. Oh. So really like no urgent. time, no yeah, stress. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I initially I was like, oh, the, the older generation can, you know, raise the kids in the same household. I also can. Yeah. Then I realized I cannot. Different, different parenting styles. A lot of different things. Sometimes different. you just need space so your relationship is even stronger. Yeah. You know, so, but we realized we couldn't afford a lot of the houses at that point in our life. Mm. With the kid being extra cash that you have to pay for yeah. and all everything, right? So that means you don't disagree with my rental idea, Like people should go and rent if they cannot, if if they want their no, own place. I actually <laughs> but, eh. no, I disagree because mm. I come from the view that remember I already kept you the rental. I rather pay my parents. Mm. Yeah, so I didn't want to pay someone else mm. the rental. So since I since we didn't want to feed someone else's pocket, but yeah, we wouldn't reach enough to own hmm. a, an ideal property we wanted. And we had a lot of criteria. Location must only be these few locations. Yeah. Must we can walk to MRT. I don't want to have to wait for a bus because I li- I grew up taking bus to MRT and it sucked. Because every night the bus late. Wow, all my timing, everything all off. <laughs> you know, so I had a lot of very specific criteria. Must be near primary school, blah, 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 blah. Uh, can can you know parents can shuffle easily as well. And I wanted all of this thick. But I couldn't afford the properties that take those boxes. <laughs> so you went on a spiel yeah. to tell people you direct like expectations don't so high. Long, right? Yeah, correct, <laughs> correct, correct. But I think, I think it's normal. It's normal, right? We all have very nice We all have dreams, dreams, is it? Yeah, okay, we okay. all have dreams. But you're sing sing, so right? So my dream house was out of my reach. <laughs> okay. Right? okay, My yes. dream house as a millennial was out of my reach. Fair. So yeah. what I did, uh, what my husband and I agreed was that then we have to compromise. Mm. So we went for old house, no? We still take away the time. Lease very short. So I won't tell you all how old my house is, mm-hmm. but it won't cover me until I'm in my 90s. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have that very real problem of if next time uh, my so kids are kicking me out, situation. you see me on the road. Oh, you're the one last time budget paid. Oh, you're yeah, the one on the street. The uh. bala curve attacking you soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is a big problem in yeah. itself also. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but because financially we couldn't afford. La, so that was mm. the only and the best decision that we could make. We needed space. We needed all these other things ticked off. So some things have to give and take. But because we uh, compromised on this, we could find houses. And actually today in the market, if we just look at, let's say, the latest BTO launches, you don't look at the popular ones. Lah. You look at the mature estate but very, very, very far from MRT or non-mature and don't know when the MRT coming out because maybe delayed, right? Actually, the prices are quite affordable. Mm. right? I, I saw the list was about 200, 300. Of course, you want bigger space than more. Lah. But compared to resale pricing, there is still a difference. Mm. right? But it's just that I think 
as a millennial who has gone through that process, sometimes our dream, our ideal, just doesn't match with what it financially will cost us. Yeah, yeah. But to too too bad for singles. <laughs> still, still cannot, it's right? For so privileged. Mm. Because only privileged, right? One one income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not even that. It's not a lot of uh, uh, let me be clear. I think a lot of millennials they are entertaining this idea. The singles, millennials, they of mm. course can afford. That's mm. why they're even entertaining this idea. Right. And to them it's like well, at least when when I look at it, it's like, yeah, actually I can uh, but uh, I just don't meet the criteria. So can you reduce the criteria that I can already? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, you can I, rent, think I think yeah, exactly. That's why that's why we're talking <laughs> about the renter's mindset, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. I think it's also something that um, you know, probably your 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 listeners will, will uh, you know, because they're more financially savvy. I think the, the whole idea of um, home ownership being superior to renting, I think that's something which is not entirely true. I mean, p- putting aside your personal development stuff, right? I think just from a financial standpoint, I think ownership and rental, I mean that I don't think there's a superior model per se because again to give you a hypothetical example right if for example you have uh, let's say one million dollars which you can plonk into your your your, your house that you're going to live in and all that or if for example you can uh, pay let's say two thousand dollars a month in rent and you got this investment which is a pao jia one every year give you ten percent compounded <laughs> yeah, i mean no such thing la, but, <laughs> but, but just ten percent compounded but yes please now continue. Durian season please continue <laughs> i like d24 <laughs> uh, but, but uh back where, where, where was i yeah so back to this hypothetical <laughs> I like example d24. Do you hear that? Yeah. i like ang he okay just say but yes yeah, so i mean if in a hypothetical scenario you can have uh, this investment option out there 10% per annum compounded you pay $2,000 in rent you put this whole $1 million that you have put in your primary property just put it into this investment instead financially you will be better off so I think if, if you look at it um, again you know for, forget about uh, you know properties putting it aside for now if you look at you know the uh, you know the MSCI World Index S&P 500 I would say the, the returns are arguably even higher than uh, the Singapore property price increases so if you look at it from a purely dollars and cents perspective it may not be that home ownership is superior as well it may not be that bad Hmm. interesting yeah. yeah 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 keep as an article investment yeah. modes I always I always oh. quote his article yes please check it out I think he talked a little bit about how like Singapore properties uh, you help a lot of people yeah, do yeah. Go sell go of you course <laughs> cross together. Selling. yeah we cross one back link oh. back link or, right but yes it is what it is so okay okay so I think I think the, the I, it's great that we trash out some of these things right and let us just say that I think most people would then entertain the idea of just I just stay with the family Right, and just just stay there, you know, because uh, things are really quite pricey like, at this point in time. I think financially, yeah. <clears throat> if the person can tahan, because mm. also you know how toxic your family, yeah, your yeah. privacy, and, and, and that's the question I wanted in, to la, ask. Yes, right? yes. Okay, so but if the person can tahan, I still feel as budget based speaking, mm. you will stay with your parents and pay them the rent better. Mm. Then discount lah. Mm-hmm. Huh? If you're not financially, <laughs> your you tell your mommy, and mommy this. House outside one thousand. I give you eight hundred. Okay, uh, then, you know you save money some more, uh, uh, right? Financially prudent. Then good parents are uh, some of them. I read uh, in the comments of my very controversial CNA commentary recently. Some of them say the parents will not will take and keep this money, return them on the wedding. Yeah, I never see that happen. Uh, but we'll you cycle know. back. We'll cycle back. <laughs> yeah, so maybe yeah. it's a, in 
investment 报价啊 ，parents right 啊，从 financially prudent， this is a very good way to put a dollar value to love. Oh my goodness, but of course, no, no, very toxic. And then like for the sake of personal growth, for the sake of career growth and space and mental sanity, sometimes renting and just You know, paying. What do you get in exchange for that rental? If、mm. you view that mental wellness and all these personal growth that you get out of it is worth that four digit that you plunk down in rent every month, then why not?、Mm. Fair, fair. Okay, so I think one last question across for this right is more like so if I decide that I will just stay with my family, right? Like, what is an advice you have for family harmony? <laughs> <laughs> you know what would you advise the people to do to save that one thousand five hundred dollars in rent, right? And to cr- continue to crash in the family for another five years. What is a family harmony tip? I think communication very important、mm. and being aligned. Yeah. In all honesty, um, I love my in laws a lot. We actually. Had plans to just stay with them. We really. That's why we never get a place.、Mm-hmm. Even when I was pregnant, and we just it, the thought didn't cross our mind because we were very happy living with them. Um, in the years after our wed- wedding and all, but sometimes um, it's just that when you you don't align on certain things and you don't have a solution, right? Then maybe that's where moving out is a better. Better way to go. So in our case, it was the parenting,、mm-hmm. and I didn't feel me as the younger, you know, hierarchy. But all hierarchy different lah, and yes, you know,、yes. as much as we communicate, but who am I to change their parenting styles?、Mm-hmm. So it's a consistent conflict. I'm sure I'm not the only parent who experiences this now.、Mm-hmm. Like for example, when your kids with you, no screen time or limited screen time, <laughs> right? Then you drop off at the grandparents on weekend, and suddenly, how many screen time? Wow, hours,、mm-hmm. hours and hours, nonstop, no control. Every week buy toy. My son every week come and call me. Mummy, is the new toy. I'm like, I'm trying to teach him about money doesn't go on trees. <laughs> Cannot keep buying toys. But on the other hand, every weekend got new toy. Very hard for me to reconcile.、Mm-hmm. But we just do our best because if we cannot communicate and align with your parents or your family on certain things, then no choice.、Mm-hmm. But I think if you want to stay and have that harmony, aligning on that would. Be good. So I managed to stay with my parents all the way until I got married. I never, I never rented, as I said, right? Because uh, in our family we had these unspoken rules, ah.、Uh. So we don't really, we don't disturb each other. And I think it just built over time because, like, when I was mugging for my A levels and then my uni, right? And I'm the kind where I need quietness. You don't talk, man. I it really affects me, you know. So I used to put in the earplug, the in ear earplug. Noise cancelling one. Yeah, noise cancelling. <laughs> so my mom shout at me, so I cannot hear. So in the end, she gave up shouting at me, you know. So we have those uh indirect rules that when someone is like my dad's on the computer, I'm at the table with my papers and all, no talking, no disturbing, and that mutual respect. Was what allowed me to continue living in that room, ah,、mm. uh, in that house.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think mutual respect and communication of what is needed is important. Imagine having to stay with your parents, but everyone don't align on their Zoom calls.、Mm. Oh no. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, but stay in the room, lah. Maybe that's a Freudian slip. Okay, anyway, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Come, yeah. What about you? Yeah, Promote I, family harmony, yeah. yeah. Please don't give me the MP position. Okay,、uh, just say <laughs> Louis as a person. Don't give the MP. You know, yeah. Just、yeah. <laughs> give me a proper yeah, one. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I fully agree with what was shared, and、uh, I think it's also about、uh, that 
giving each other the time and space. Uh. So, I mean, the, the Chinese got this saying, like, like what... Um, uh, so basically, I mean, there are times where, you know, you, you need your own personal space, uh, whether it's uh, trying to lecture your kids or, you know, trying to focus on, on a Zoom call and then everyone's having a mahjong party. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mm. that, um, and it applies whether or not it's uh, your parents, in-laws, grandparents, or even your children, or even within the same family, it's the same thing, right? I mean, we all need, um, you know, time and space uh, for ourselves and for family, etc. I think it's that, uh, uh, and it's not just within the family but sometimes with, with neighbours as well you know like sometimes Chinese New Year can be very rowdy but uh, you know you, you also take into consideration other people's uh, around you and, and all that so I think as long as we are all uh, you know practice that little bit of uh, you know, being a bit more considerate to other people um, then I think that generally does work, work wonders mm -hmm. well, I have a question what would you say if next time your kid grows up and at let's say 19 years old tell you daddy I want to go out and rent Okay, don't 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 take money from me, okay? Your your NS allowance, uh, you went yeah. rent? All the best, uh, all the best. Then you just stay in bang. Everything, right? All the best, all the best. So yeah, I think that I think that's it for today's episode, right? Uh, and I got nothing to share. I shifted out, right? So Yeah, I'm a renter, I shifted out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, I think it's about finding the life that you that you enjoy and um, yeah I, th I think like what Louis pointed out right objectively maybe home ownership as an investment tool may not always be uh, may not objectively be the best way forward right there are many other ways and yeah, maybe renting could be could be your style lah, right so you do you find your own way of life but uh, yeah there are some objective measurements right and yeah that's it for today's episode thank you guys Woo! thank you Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.